Hello and welcome to the Extreme Cinema Podcast with me, Alexander Sternberg, and Dom Loach. How you been, Dom? I've been great. How are you, Sterny? <laughs> I'm good. Uh, I think the film today needs absolutely no introduction. No, it, it's the most well-known of this type of film ever. I'd, I'd probably give it that accolade. I think definitely so. Definitely so. I mean, it is the horror artifact for millennials. I think if you're between the ages of 35 and 20, you are very familiar with these films. Yep. Uh, so we are, we are, of course, talking about Saw. I was going to say, do you want to reveal what it is? <laughs> no, it needs no introduction. It needs zero introduction. Here's an introduction. Literally zero introduction. <laughs> but yeah, we're talking um, about Saw. So, I mean, I haven't watched this for... I haven't watched this for years. And uh, it was really interesting rewatching it. Because it is a quite a good film. I don't know if it quite holds up. It feels very much in place of a kind of early to mid 2000s film. And it is a bit shoddy. But it's quite a good film. Yeah. Um, when was the last time you say you'd watched it? It could have been five years ago, if not a bit longer. Oh. Honestly, I don't know. Wow. But I think... I, 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 it's been ages. Yeah, I think I saw it not too long ago. It was like a year or two just for me. So watching it again, I kind of did know how it was going to be. Like, I knew it didn't quite hold up like it used to. Because when I first saw this, this was like mind-blowing. Like, this was ridiculous. Oh my god, when I first saw this, this was the most intense thing I'd ever seen in my life. Like, I think quite probably the tension, which is still there, still massive, in like the kind of last chase sequence was just like... I hadn't seen anything like that when I first saw this. Yeah, exactly. And it's, obviously, it's just fucking iconic. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, so many lines and so many characters. That's the thing, and I want to talk more about that later. Sort of every five minutes in this film, it was just, like, triggering a memory. Not just a memory of me watching this film, but a memory of, like, soaring the general pop culture. Because for ten years... This was, like, the most omnipresent thing in horror, full stop. Oh, yeah, for, for I mean, ages, weren't it? I think I think we should start with the, uh, the filmmaking first. And, I mean, low budget, 1.2 million, grossed 103 million. Oh, uh, shot in 18 days, you know, it's a first film, which I've, I've noticed there's a trend of a lot of the stuff we're talking about. A lot of first films are these kind of big statement movies. Um, very intense, very provocative. Um, and it is, it is, for all intents and purposes, quite a good sort of stripped-down nasty thriller. It has a lot of problems, but at the end of the day, it's it's a very watchable film. Oh, yeah, it's incredibly watchable. Like, it's... Like you said, it is like a stripped-back thriller for all of this, uh, like, extreme... Uh, gar and everything that it has like when this first came out most of it's two guys talking in a room exactly and like when this first came out i remember everybody talking about it how it's this extreme film that's like so messed up and like it made people pass out as these films always get um that's the thing because i'm a couple years younger than you i wasn't really aware of saw one but certainly by three people in the playground were talking 
No one has, you know, I don't, I believe very few people who claim to see this movie until the age of, let's say, 11 had actually seen it, but it got, it got just normal people talking. Um, I, I remember when I first watched it, right, thinking, okay, uh, Carrie Elves and Danny Glover are pretty good and everyone else kind of sucks, but I gotta say, I think they kind of suck too now. (laughs) Yeah, they're not amazing ever, like, um. They're better. I mean, there's a reason they didn't bring back Lee Wanell's character in the sequels, even though they probably could have been like, oh, he survived. Um, he He's rub- He's such a bad actor. Like, from the very start, he's so bad. Yeah, he's literally just from that. He's literally um, just in flashbacks, isn't it? So he's, um, he's not amazing. Like... No, no, he's he's Adam. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he's just in flashbacks he's... in the other ones, is what I'm saying. Oh, he's just in flashbacks in the other movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, like, even Carrie Owens, he's, like, fine. He's, like, giving a serviceable horror performance. Like, Danny Glover is, like, chewing the scenery. Like, the, the script is so full of, like, cop movie cliches. It's insane. Oh, yeah. It's like the, I'm too old for this shit. And, like, it's such a Danny Glover performance. It's amazing. Like... <laughs> <laughs> The, the, like, obsessed detective when he's sort of walking about the flat, he's spying on them in, in like, really poor ADR. Being like, oh, I'll catch him one day. <laughs> um, like, like the whole thing, and even when it's like, you know, the cops are interrogating him because they found his pen and whatnot. It's just like, this is, it feels a bit like a kind of episode of Criminal Minds. Yeah, it definitely does. Like, all of the police stuff is incredibly hokey and... And, like, not as serious, but then it's a Saw film. And I guess the first one is actually incredibly serious, whereas the rest of them are utterly fucking insane. Like, go off the deep end on another level. Two, keeps the, two tries to keep this tone, but yeah, they go off the deep end. That's the thing, because I think the writing's cliched, but the actual storytelling is really quite good. The way, like, it, it trusts the audience to be able to follow this very... Not even non-linear, but there's sort of multiple timelines going on at once, being told simultaneously, and it trusts the audience to piece it together. And it's quite clever writing. In that regard, the the actual dialogue is dumb, but the the, the storytelling is quite clever. Yeah, it is, and it's the it's the only Sar as well that does the good twist, like because they became known. Oh God, yeah, they became known for their twists and. Because of this film, I guess, like... We'll get into the specifics of the sequels at the end. I mean, we'll just go full spoilers for the whole franchise. I mean, there isn't a person who hasn't seen Saw who wants to see Saw out there anyhow. And don't even bother with the sequels if you've not. Like, you've missed the boat on this as a franchise, frankly, if you've not got on this already. Yeah, it has had a little resurgence recently, I guess. Yeah, with Spiral. Yeah, which I've still not seen Spiral, but... Same. <laughs> uh, you know what else is quite good on on the filmmaking aspect? Um, before we just go for the directing, is um the music. Uh, again, iconic, but like it's got a really good score for a film for this low budget. Oh yeah, the um that's the thing. I think it's because it's so low budget. Everything being kind of great is weird. Like it's so out there. Some of the stuff as well. Yeah. And the directing is pretty competent. I mean, it's so, like, 2000s hyperkinetic. All the quick shots, quick shots, quick shots. Oh, yeah. Do you know what it reminds me of? Do you know fucking um, 
Edgar Wright. Ang Lee's Hulk. <laughs> so, no. Ang Lee's Hulk. Yeah. Oh, God. The, the editing. And do not mention Ang Lee's Hulk in this household, Dom. <laughs> but done well. I was going to say, the storytelling reminds me of Harakirai, actually. Oh, my God, yeah. What a, what a connection. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry's. Didn't think I'd be making a comparison to that, did you? It's just Sorry's Hulk and Harakirai combined. I don't think any other human has ever said that. So, so, so what's Saw like? Well, it's a mix of Angley's Hulk and Mizaki Kobayashi's Harakirai. Which is like, ah, yes, I get it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course, it makes so much sense. <laughs> I think, I mean, there's just so, so much of an impact this had. I mean, like we were saying, pop culture, and it's not just some of the lines, but like, the jigsaw puppet, the I want to play a game, the sword traps, the sound design, like the laughter on the tape recorder and stuff. It's just iconic. And every five minutes you watch the film and be like, oh, my God, this was just in the pop culture zeitgeist at the time. Exactly. It's it's insane. And it still is, isn't it? Like you could say any of that. People who haven't even seen Saw know what the hell it is. It's insane. Like, it's, it's one of the most iconic horror movies. It's up there with, like, things from The Exorcist and The Shining and stuff. It's absolutely no, insane. No, literally, I mean, what were the last horror big... Because there's, like, low-rent horror stuff that can last a billion films, like Puppet Master or whatnot. But, like, what was the last mainstream film to last this long? It was Friday 13th. Nothing's done it since Saw. Friday 13th. And what? Nightmare made it to 7 as well? Yeah, that's about it's it. It's just Friday 13th, basically. Halloween did more. Halloween's going again, isn't it? But... Oh, fuck, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because uh, when I think of Laurie Strobe, I want her to be fucking Sarah Connor. Yeah, that's exactly what I wanted. <laughs> it, it, it was like, I mean, this had a ride at Thorpe Park that the queue for about the first two years of its opening was about four hours. Like... It was, that ride opening was such a big deal. And it's a very good ride. It is, I've been on that as well. It's a very good ride. <laughs> and then they did the uh, the Saw Alive maze, which I never went on. I was always too scared. Oh, I went to that. It was very fun. Um, terrifying. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> now when they replaced that with like the Darren Brown ghost train. But like the Saw ride as well, it had the swinging axes. Like it's the only ride that people were like, hey, I want to sit at the back because all the ins effects worked at the back and not really in the front. Yeah, exactly. It's like, what other horror franchises like this, like, had a house at um, Halloween Horror Nights and Universal, like, ten fucking years in a row or some crazy stuff like that? It's insane. I think um, Walking Dead is getting to that level now. I guess Walking Dead might be the equivalent of Saw in terms of pop culture, but it's a TV series. Yeah, probably, actually. It is a good comparison. There is a Walking Dead ride there is, in yeah. Fort Park now, I believe. They replaced um, X, which is like, was always shit. I've never been in the, since The Walking Dead. Wasn't that the Yumi at Six ride? Oh no, that's the Swarm, isn't it? <laughs> that's a Yumi at Six ride? Yeah, what? that's a Yumi at Six ride. <laughs> Whatever. Like... <laughs> Just blew your mind with some. <laughs> I mean. I... <laughs> uh, yeah, completely. I had no idea. I've been on that like once. I haven't been to Fort Park in ages. Like. I mean, we're talking about the bad acting. There's one good actor, and he's barely in it, and it's Tobin Bell. 
is Tobin Bell. To- he's obviously he's the only person in every single Saw film. He's obsessed with that role. It's like every other horror franchise, how the first film's not really about the villain, and then suddenly it becomes all about the villain. Like, you know, Nightmare, Friday, uh, Halloween. Like, he's such a small part of this. I mean, the big twist, which is fantastic, of the dead body getting up the wall, uh, off the, you know, off the floor, it's incredible. That's sort of, like, that, and he's in a hospital bed at one point, and in a hoodie at one point, running away. That's sort of it. Yeah, well, that's the, the, the thing with the first one, is you're trying to guess who it is for a while as well, aren't you? Whereas in the others, he's in it so much more. And no one will ever successfully do yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, he's in it much more after that, because obviously everybody knows who the hell it is now. <laughs> like, And what I love as well is that, like, you know, he dies at the end of the third film, but they need to contrive reasons to keep putting him back in. So, like, the timeline just goes... I mean, the timeline is off the rails by the third film, but the timeline is even more off the rails after. And I've only seen up to four, but I've, I've you know, read the synopses of all of them, and it just sounds unbearable oh, after I it. have watched them all. <laughs> and the fact he's in four films after he dies is utterly insane. Like, <laughs> four mainline as well. <laughs> Because then you've got... They were go- weren't they going to have at the end of Spiral, like, him doing Ring of Fire or something? I th- and it got cut. I think so, yeah. There's just his voice in Spiral, and they're doing something now. Like... It's so ridiculous. I mean, god damn. These... These sequels, I mean... Like, 2 is kind of more of the same, but, like, less of an impact, really. Like, it's just, like, a kind of standard second horror film. It's, like, bad, but not, like, terrible. Yeah, I mean, it kind of did the classic Saw thing of just getting worse and worse as it slowly went along. Like, He's got the needle trap, which is a fantastic scene, and but then the twist at the end is, like, not only really easy to call, but it's dumb. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's I think that's the thing, the twists. And then they got stuck with Amanda as the villain. Yeah, the twists just get dumber and dumber as well. And it's like, the first one was so good. Him getting up was amazing. That blew my mind. Like, If Saw 3 was a good film, that would have been an okay twist, because what the twist is, it's at the same time as Saw 2. Yes, yeah, because that's the guy going through. It's an awful film. Now. Yeah, yeah, that's the guy who's... Kid gets killed, so Jigsaw's like, oh, you're too depressed that your child died. You have to get over it. Like, (laughs) (laughs) they just keep, they can't even find reasons at the end for this stuff. Like, I feel like they, the marketing team, because we should talk about the marketing, just fucking astroturfed into existence. This debate on, is Jigsaw really a murderer? You know, is he, is he got a point? No, he obviously doesn't have a fucking point. He's obviously committing actual murder, like, very obviously. Oh my god, I would like to talk about this for days. Like, it's so ridiculous, the, the marketing, how they're like, <laughs> but is, is Jigsaw the bad guy? And it was so like, fucking yes! Really, like, really, these, these, this guy doesn't appreciate life so much. This, this, you know, private investigator who's doing his job because he needs to eat. He, he doesn't appreciate life. Lock him in a fucking room and close the, slam the door shut behind him. Can we also talk about how after one specifically, Jigsaw is a omnipotent god <laughs> among men. <laughs> He's still kind of omnipotent in this. Like, uh, some of the, like, 
things they discover are really obvious and it takes them ages to work out. And sometimes it's like, how would you even think of, of this? And he knows like a hundred percent what he's gonna. Oh do. yeah, he knows exactly what every human that exists will, do, every movement they will ever do. <laughs> it's true, and I mean he can make anything because and they reveal he's an engineer, which is an excuse. <laughs> oh, he's an engineer. That means he can make all of these things. He knows all. It's um, it's so. F- and I haven't even, because I only stopped four, it's unbearable. I stopped halfway through it because it's like as low rent as a film can get. Like, that's a proper half-star movie. Um, I didn't even properly get to, like, Hoffman and all that. Well, yeah, you've missed Hoffman. And then you missed the big series-wide twist of Lawrence coming back right at the end and being the bad guy the whole time and everything. Oh, no, I, I know. I I never saw Saw 3D, but I followed it so closely and I kind of, even before the film came out, I was like, well, obviously he's Jigsaw. Yeah, I mean, it was the most obvious twist that had ever been a twist, but... Was he suing them? Was he suing them, and that's why he only got back in the last one? Possibly, I'm not sure about that. There was some legal trouble, I'm pretty sure. It's blooming Carrie Yules in it. Uh, fucking Princess Bride guy. <laughs> I have no idea how to pronounce his <laughs> no. last name. Just kind of made a noise and hoped it stuck. Like, <laughs> carry. Yeah, that that's perfect. That's how you do it. I think. Uh, I think we got to talk about James Wan. I mean, imagine being James Wan. Like, you make this sort of low budget horror film, um, basically an indie production. Like, you know, it's got a very tiny, uh, then tiny studio behind it. And now you're directing Fast and Furious, and you've you've made two other of the most successful horror franchises. I mean, The Conjuring has got to be the biggest horror franchise now, right? I googled it. He's the eighth most successful, commercially successful director oh ever. Oh my god! He started in Saw. And he did start with Saw, didn't it? And Saw's the only one he directed as well, isn't it? The first one of the Saw franchise. Yeah, it goes to uh, Darren Lynn Bozeman next, who did a film I fucking love, which we, we like it—a a repo of the. Jesus oh Potter. yes. And he did um, Devil's Carnival stuff as well, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, I never saw the Devil's Carnival. I kind of wanted to. Yeah, he's, a, he's an interesting director. <laughs> but he did your <laughs> favourite far. So <laughs> he did, he did uh, so far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so far. I, I, I mean, I, the directing's rubbish in the two, in all of the sequels. It's so funny because. I remember James Wan being like, oh, I'm not really interested in kind of gore and torture and all that stuff. And he directed the first film in a franchise, which just became torture porn. I think we got to talk about what became known as torture porn. In well, fact. yeah. Because this changed horror for a decade. That's the thing. It changed it. It brought on all of like Hostel and everything, didn't it? Like it was the precursor to all of it. I would be really surprised if they didn't watch Audition before this, and this is sort of, a parts of it are quite influenced by the last 15 minutes of Audition. And then it kind of goes a bit full circle, because Hostel was inspired by Saw, and Takashi Miike's got a, a cameo in Hostel. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, I, I mean... But, like, there was Wolf Creek. Yeah, there's Wolf Creek, yeah. As well, there's a lot of rubbish that I can't even remember the names of that just sort of, it was, like, inundated at the time. 
Yeah, yeah, because Saw made so much money. It was ridiculous. It had 150 times its budget or something, didn't it? Like, it's insane. Like, the only comparison I can think of it is is Halloween. Oh, and Paranormal Activity, which is kind of what replaced, you know, Saw the 2000s was torture porn because of Saw, and then the 2010s was found footage because of Paranormal Activity. And then the 80s was slashers because of um, Halloween. Yeah, exactly. It's literally the biggest films of all time in it this is it is up there and just if you had to look at culture as a whole sorry is just up there in cinema oh absolutely and are you what are you surprised this got as big as it did because i mean mainstream audiences would not have seen anything like this at the time but also like it is so like dingy and nasty like, on just an objective filmmaking level, it still is pretty, pretty dank, pretty grungy, pretty nasty. It was meant to go straight to DVD. It looks like it goes straight to DVD, but it, or maybe even video back then, but um, no DVD. But it was, they were like, oh no, this is good release. Well, yes. So I, I don't even know if they could have imagined what would have Yeah, watched it again. I'm super surprised it got as big as it did. Like, it looks like a Nen video. <laughs> like... It, well, uh, funny, because Fear Factory did a, a music video for Saw. Yeah. Or a music... Fear Factory had a song which they used Saw in the music video as pr- cross-promotion. That makes so much sense. <laughs> I was watching the behind-the-scenes featurette on um on the DVD, and when James Wan pops up for the interview, I mean, I just laugh because he looks like he belongs in, like, around the fur era death <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'm like, wow, yeah, this doesn't surprise me. Just looks me. like Chino completely, like... <laughs> Doesn't look like Chino, but he just like his style. Like he had like dyed pink ah, right. a leather jacket. I'm like, yep, this is the new oh, the metal most era. new metal thing of all time. Like, <laughs> have you ever seen the? Uh, yeah, which, oh. as we learned from the Woodstock '99 documentary, caused oh, the oh, riot. Oh yeah, new metal, the most riot-inducing music of all time. Have you seen the um, short film that they did? That was like the proof of concept. Uh, I haven't actually. Uh, no, I've not. I was hoping you had, because <laughs> I know it's on like, um, all like uncut DVDs and stuff like that. Because it sounds interesting, but I, I feel like it's not on mine. I look really because I feel like it'd just be like a. a it's yeah, mine's the. I feel uncut like it'd version. just be like a trap or something, like. It's like two guys in a room talking. Basically. Oh, is it? So it's just like the from what I from what I hear, and then there are flashbacks. I mean, like, it's not it's not alone in, in this as getting the money for it. This is what Evil Dead did as well, and the Evil Dead proof of concept is, like, so, so dingy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it's crazy what you can do on that budget for the Evil Dead one especially. You know what I noticed as well in this? Or oh, I didn't really notice because I'm pretty bad with faces, but my girlfriend did. How many people are in Lost in this? Oh, there's a ton, isn't there? Like, the, um, the men... Zep's, Zep's in it, in yeah, yeah. Zep's the main one that I can think of. Who, who just who, who goes completely evil? He's a normal dude and is apparently so, and is just becomes like a criminal mastermind. Well, not even a mastermind, just a really evil person. Who else is in Lost? Uh, Gordon's wife's in Lost. Oh right. Oh yeah. There's just a load of them in. I mean, I've literally seen the first season of Lost back when it aired, and that's it. So this is like going on hazy memories. There's a ton of Saw characters. Oh my god, there's so many Saw characters. <laughs> what an insane film this is. I, I gotta say, though, like, 
I think if anyone's listening who never bothered to watch this and, like, isn't our age for whatever reason, which I'd be quite surprised if anyone bar my parents are listening to this who aren't, you know, at least in their 20s, you probably missed the boat on Saw. Yeah, definitely. I, it was it was such a moment in, like, in time. It was such a, like, when I was at school, definitely such a playground thing. Like, people talking about how fucked up it was. Well, do you remember the... I don't know if this was outside of London um, because it was the bus adverts, but the bus adverts for Saw 4, it just had a big logo saying censored. And I remember people being like, did you see they censored the bus adverts? I'm like, they clearly <laughs> didn't. It's just a marketing ploy, and it clearly worked. They're under no illusion that kids are watching these films. I mean, the Friday 13th people never were either. They're under no illusions that the target market for these films and the people who watch... Uh, um, very much intersex below people who can go to films with an 18 well, rating. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? It's, huh. They're well aware it's teenagers to yeah, their 20s. Yeah, it's hilarious where they're like, always market to teens, but it's a hard 18 film. To, like, I mean, especially the later ones, they, they do become like gore porn, basically. Oh, yeah. Like, it just gets silly. But they have no impact. This has more impact than 3 does. Oh, yeah, massively. I mean, it's weird, isn't it? Like, the first one is like, you'll see a few traps, but it's like the police going to investigate them and stuff, and then you see the flashback of it. Or it's like the... Le- you see the aftermath. I mean, it's quite similar to Seven. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot like Seven. It gives me very Seven vibes, but not not eat quite as dreary as Seven. It's definitely the primary influence. Yeah, in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then the later ones are all like somebody running through a gauntlet of traps every time, and like the main focus is now how insane a th- way can we kill people? Oh, you've smoked, now you have to <laughs> drown. <laughs> you, you knew a man who was bad. Yeah, go die, have, have half your leg cut off. Like... Another part of the bullshit is he always gives you a chance. No, he doesn't. The, the dead cellmate, when Amanda's doing the, bear tra- the reverse bear trap, no chance. The dude had to walk through the wire, no chance. Uh, Adam, no oh, chance. Yeah, exactly. Where where they try and pull this bullshit, where it's like, you'll always have a chance to live again. He makes you he appreciate, makes you appreciate life. life. It's like nobody ever gets out. The only one who does is like Amanda, and she's a crazy person. Like she's a... you know, talking about like iconic lines, like you know, I want to play a game and all that. But it's also um, he doesn't want us to cut through the chains, and um, he's technically speaking not a murderer. He doesn't kill people. He just gives them the choice. It's so <laughs> dumb. It's so dumb. Like, it's a real... It's a, it's a smart movie in the story structure, and it trusts the audience to keep following this plot, but it is a very dumb, smart yeah, movie. It's... I don't mean that as, like, a bad thing. I think it's perfectly good for what it is, but it's so ridiculous at points. Oh, yeah, I think... I, I love the um the idea that he doesn't kill people. <laughs> no, no, he just kidnaps them and makes them die. Like, that's not killing people, like. <laughs> He just kidnaps them, chains them up in a room um, with a locked door and puts someone in who he's told to kill him or he'll murder his family. But he gave him a chance. He really gave him a chance. Oh, it's... it's. Maybe he'll appreciate life. What did Adam do again? Why was he not appreciating life? That is so weird, isn't it? Like, Adam was just a private investigator and he ended up dead. Like... <laughs> 
I wonder if behind the scenes they were like, hey, Lee Winnell, can you bring the character back? And he's just like, no. I like how Lee Winnell is now doing kind of B-movies again. Like, he did Upgrade um, and whatnot, whereas James Wan is now, like, just a Hollywood, James Wan can direct a movie well, get James Wan. Oh, well, yeah. Like, James Wan just does the big films now, doesn't he? Like, he's the... He's like the Hollywood darling at the moment. Like, I would, I don't know if going darling, but he's like he's clearly a, a eminent professional. Yeah, definitely. What was like? He's the kind of person who might receive a lifetime achievement award at some point. Yeah, I mean, it did what like the new Conjuring, and that is doing the new Aquaman, and it like it did Aquaman before. Yeah, he did Aquaman. Yeah. Are you excited? I mean, like, they, they could have easily turned out, like, the Blair Witch people. That's true, and just did nothing. Like, Was it Lovely Molly or something? It was, like, eh, middling. I've not even heard of that before, you know? <laughs> oh, that was one of the Blair Witch people did after the Blair Witch, and it was so, like, generic. It had, like, a portion of it was found footage. It kind of missed the found footage. Ah, room. fair enough. Are you excited for Saw 10? <laughs> oh, God. I have to see Spiral. I do want to see Spiral. It's gotten, like, such mixed reaction. I'm kind of curious. I, I hear post... It's kind of like a soft reboot, like Jigsaw. The, the timeline is now... Um, they don't put really complicated shit in it that you need to have seen the previous films for, is what I Yeah, think. that's good. And I do like Chris Rock. It's weird, though, because I saw... An, I read an interview with him, and he said he wanted to make it, like, the 48 hours, but saw it, and I thought, okay, that's new. But everyone who's seen it is like, no, it's really quite seriously toned. Yeah, it's supposed to be super seriously toned. I mean, it it didn't get in- incredible reviews, did it? Like, no. Uh, how did it do at the cinema that you work at? Because, I mean, it's it was the first film out, like, literally. <laughs> Nothing special. Like, some screenings were, like, okay amount of people, but it didn't last at all as well. Like, I mean, I, yeah, I, like, fully intended to see it and kind of just never Yeah, same, did. and I get it for free. And I never even went and saw it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, shall we final thoughts on Saw 1, it's... I guess? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a hard thing to put any final thoughts on. Everybody, I, I absolutely believe everybody who's listening to this has seen Saw. Like, they all have the final thoughts and. Do you yeah, see Saw? they've seen Saw. Like, it's the most iconic film franchise in a very long time. Like, everybody knows the lines. Everybody knows the characters and the traps. It's... Everybody's seen Saw. My final thoughts are the first one is actually a great movie. Fantastic twist. It's, it's a great and, like, flawed movie, but it's still a fantastic movie. I, I would say that, um, you know, divorcing Saw from the general pop culture is a above average, low, low budget. It does feel straight to DVD, even though it did go to the cinemas, you know, um, poor acting, cliched writing, but very good storytelling, uh, good directing. It's quite intense. Uh, it's very imaginative, um, you know, quite a good film. Would recommend, but not tell people to kind of run out and go see it, I guess. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, go watch this. It's pretty intense at points. Like, the the final chase is, like, heart-pounding stuff still. The twist is outstanding. 
but uh, you can't talk about Saw as we haven't been able to without talking about what it did to horror and what it did to the pop culture and how every line is memorable and how it, the sound effects that when when he's when Adam's like we're about to be kidnapped by the pig guy and like the <laughs> the like laugh is playing. I was like fuck. That laugh was just everywhere. Like, before you'd even seen the Saw films, because I was still fairly young when they started coming out. I mean, very young, in fact. You, these, all this stuff was thereabouts. It's amazing what it did to pop culture. It's amazing what it did to horror, even though, I mean, Wolf Creek's kind of fine, but, like, what was, was there another good film like no, this? No, I don't think so. Post-Saw? No. no. Like, you know, it changed, some might say ruined horror for a decade. <laughs> Um, but it was such an um, unbelievable moment. Lasted seven films. Like, it made it to the 3D It did make it to the 3D craze. Like, like that that brief period when everything was in 3D and we were repeatedly told again it was a future of cinema (laughs) and Teenage Me was like, of course it's not. I remember, I remember so many people telling me that everything was going to be in 3D and I was like, yeah, of course. Like, like, I uh, uh, remember Shark Boy and Lava Girl, but <laughs> <laughs> that turned everything. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just it's an it's an amazing time capsule, and it's a very important film in horror. And I mean, if you're into horror, you've seen this film because it's like Halloween or Friday or you know anything of that ilk. But like, this is a artifact an incredibly important historic horror and just general pop culture film artifact and ultimately doesn't matter its flaws yep that's what definitely. the takeaway from saw is i guess so um what are we doing next week dom next week we're gonna do um even uh, we'll go from like the most famously watched film of all time to one of the hardest films in this country to watch <laughs> That's yeah, like, so true, oh my like, god. We're going to be watching... Yeah, yeah, we're going to be watching The Devils. Ken Russell's The Devils. And I think this is the first film in this podcast so far that neither of us have seen before, and we both kind of really should have seen Yeah, this. very much. So we are excited. And I loved the cameo in Space Jam, so I'm excited now. Oh, mate, if only Jigsaw was Water, Water <laughs> Brothers, then it would be, uh, would have been in, in Space Jam. Then we could have had a Space Jam episode. <laughs> my name is Ali G. De Rhythm, and I want to play a game. Oh, my God. <laughs> CGI Rip Don Cheadle is more terrifying than anything in, in this film. Well, on that note, uh, see, you next week. see you next week. You've been listening to the Extreme Cinema Podcast with Alexander Sternberg and Dom Loach. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider subscribing as it really helps us out. The original artwork for the podcast was done by George Arnold. The Extreme Cinema Podcast, available where all good podcasts are available.